listening to Collecting Dead Men, where you'll learn all about my Undertaker. Oh, yes! Okay, welcome back, Creatures of the Night, as I am joined once again by Canaanite 10, my brother of destruction in Canada, as we continue our journey through the Undertaker and Kane story, the best story that WWE has ever told. As uh, last time, if you remember, we had Judgment Day, where the Undertaker and Kane battled each other in Chicago, Illinois, with special guest referee Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if Austin did not crown a new champion that night, he would be fired on the spot. And if you saw Watch Along or heard the podcast episode, you heard Vince McMahon say, Screw you, Stone Cold. You're fired. Because he did not crown a new champion on Judgment Day. Um, So now we are here the next night as The Undertaker and Kane meet for a casket match. Because um, I was telling Kane and I 10 off air, this was the night that... uh, Undertaker and Paul Bearer officially got back together to start the Ministry of Darkness and to tell Cain that everything he's known his entire life is a lie. Paul Bearer has been using him and that Undertaker has been the one responsible for setting the funeral home on fire all these years later. Uh, So Cain and I 10, thank you again for joining me. Are you ready for the first part in our uh, double feature watch along? Yeah, and how can you cheer for this guy when he's clearly, I mean, the evil guy? <laughs> how can Kane's I cheer? How can I cheer for the Undertaker? Kane's the victim. Kane's the yeah, but I I cheer for the Undertaker very easily, you know, just the normal cheering, very very normal how you cheer anybody else you like. <laughs> One thing I want to point out too, you're we talking about microbendums just before this podcast started. And yes. Have you seen the Cactus Jack micro? That's on eBay right now? Yes, you shared that with me the other day. I was like, how much is it up to right now? $140. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, listeners, if you have not been aware, the Microbendums is the bane of our existence. Uh, so many different rare and variants for Undertaker and Kane that it is impossible to keep track of. Um, but apparently... When you get assholes like Matt Cardona buying <laughs> Bendham sets with Kane and Undertaker, absurdly rare Bendham sets with Kane and Undertaker in it, oh. to open. Yes, don't remind me of him opening up the electronic body slam with the Undertaker, one of the ones I need. Uh, but... I'm pretty sure it was Undertaker and Kane that he opened. There was another. Okay, we ha- we were talking about the black electronics Bendham's body slam, whatever, but there's also a- another version of it. See, and see, this is what we talk about, listeners. There's so many different variations and variants for these microbendums and bendums in general that it's so hard to keep track of, so hard to find. And now there's a microbendum of Cactus Jack, uh, one of the rarest ones out there for uh, you bendum collectors and Mick Foley completionists. Um, that I wouldn't doubt if Matt Cardona is one of the people bidding on this because I know uh, he is always looking for the microbendums. Uh, I think he was saying that Cactus Jack was his last one he needed, so wouldn't doubt it if he's. Yeah, wouldn't doubt if he's one of the bidders on this. But hundred and what'd you say, hundred and fifty dollars? Hundred and forty dollars right now. Oh. Five days left. Though. Oh my God! So yes, Here's- I. 
here's the thing. I think that one. I know Gang Girls really rare too. Yeah. But this. I think Cactus Jack was only released in the Attitude Four Pack. Okay. One release of it, whereas Gang Girl at least had a couple like Steel Cage and yeah. Body Slam sets or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Attitude set. I know. Thankfully. Uh, the Cactus Jack was never released in the Undertaker Attitude variation. Uh, Undertaker had just Stone Cold, Kane, and um, I think it's Gold Dust, and I think Stone Cold, Kane, and Edge is one. But Cactus Jack was released in one with the New Age Outlaws and Rock, I believe. So Undertaker escapes the, cask- the Cactus Jack uh, release, so I don't have to hunt that one down, thank God. Yeah, who was a Cactus, Stone Cold... Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Yeah, I think something like that. I feel like, and under, did Undertaker have two? Was he in? There's three sets altogether, wasn't there? Or yeah. Was there only the two. There's three. I think Undertaker has two. Yeah, I was gonna say you're unfortunately unlucky to be in two of them. Oh well, uh, as I have said many times, I think I'm only gonna complete one of each series of these microbendums. There's just too many to count, too many to track down. It really is. Yeah. Unless I'm, unless it's it slaps me in the face with one right there that I cannot say no to. Ah, we are incorrect. Here are the sets. Oh, what Stone are they? Cold, the Rock, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog. Stone Cold, Undertaker, Kane, and Edge, which we both have. Yep, we both have that one. We don't have the Austin variant sculpture. We have the Austin 316 version. Yes, yep. there are variants of these. Of course there will be. And the last one. Cactus Jack, Goldust, Kurgan, and The Undertaker. Oh, Undertaker is in one with Cactus Jack? He is in the no. Cactus Jack set. <laughs> oh, well, that's an awful pairing. Kurgan, Cactus Jack, oh, Goldust, Gold and, Dust and Undertaker. That's a terrible pairing. That is a pretty random Oh my god, I'm, I'm glad with the one I have with Kane. That is good enough for me. <laughs> That is good enough for me. Oh, these electronic body slams. I just found another electronic body slam ring that was Kane and Stone Cold. That's great. <sighs> See? Why do, why are we doing this to ourselves? Oh, <laughs> uh, good question. Oh, I know. Case. I know. We like the pain. We like the pain it causes us for some reason. Oh, <sighs> uh, well, at least we can cry and watch along. Yes. The the yes. Match. Yes. We have not just one, but we have a double feature coming your way today. We have Kane and Undertaker meeting for the following night on Raw, October 19th, 1998, uh, in a casket match. And then this is such a short match that we are bringing you a second match here today on the Watch Along as The Undertaker and Kane meet. Uh, as they both have a bye in the first round of Survivor Series 1998 so that they face each other in the second round of the Deadly Game Tournament um, at Survivor Series 1998. So these two matches are coming your way today on the Watch Along, and I am looking forward to it. Are you ready to start, Canaanite? I'm ready. I, awesome. I also, I believe you were on Peacock. I yep. am on you. There's one readily available on YouTube. It's only 7 minutes and 37 seconds. Yep. There's one on YouTube for the casket match. Um, I am on Peacock. As always, 
uh, the stuff I put myself through for this watch for this podcast. Um, but yeah, I am queued up at one hour nineteen minutes and seventeen seconds. Right as the camera is going to start panning around the crowd for Kane's entrance, and that is where your YouTube uh, one uh, kicks off, correct? Yeah. Perfect. I, I listened to a little bit of it, and I believe they're talking about Austin kidnapping McMahon yep. with a gun. So yes. that was also tonight. I didn't realize that. Yes, it is such a great episode of Monday Night Raw. You have the formation of the Ministry of Darkness with The Undertaker's promo saying that he's back with Paul Bearer, that uh, those who in, those in the WWF who do not declare shall be declared. Um, you know, talk about burning down the funeral home. Uh, Austin has kidnapped McMahon, which later on, where he points the fake Bang 316 gun to Vince McMahon, uh, where Vince uh, pees himself at the end of the Raw. So uh, it is it is certainly a memorable night. And, and, of course, you get this Kane and Undertaker casket match in between. So it's a fun evening for the fans in the audience. And I cannot wait to get started. So are you ready? Perfect. So, three, two, one, play. I have a question. Do you like Kane? Do I like Kane? I like Kane. Like, I know obviously Undertaker's your guy, but do you, you like Kane? Do you like Kane? Yeah? I do. I do like Kane. I, I know you like Kane more than I would like Kane, but I like Kane. Oh, we got the third mask here. Well, of course, because it's 10. 98 after the uh, Kane won the title in the summer. This is yeah. my favorite mask. Song 316. <laughs> like they, like they, <laughs> like um, that uh, Twitter chant, Twitter uh, account, the 90s WWE. People had to give their thoughts on these signs before Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I follow. Uh, I think it's on Twitter. It's an account that's like, um, it's just attitude error signs. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. There's some pretty funny ones. Is Kane's pyro gonna? Yes, Kane's pyro works today. Great. You never know it's what that pyro. You never know what that pyro. Sometimes three of them work and one doesn't. You never know. Well, as debut, they had that the Royal Rumble. None of them. It didn't go off at all. That's so sad. I think it's only not gone off maybe a couple times that I can think of. I'm sure there's a few more, but... You saw that promo there for Survivor Series. That's our next watch-along right after this one. And When does he debut this music? Oh, the, the electronic guitar rift? Yeah. I think he's had this since Fully Loaded. Yeah, he's had this for a while. What, what would he do if fully loaded? Was that the tag titles? Yeah, the tag titles. Him and Austin? Yeah, him and Austin versus Kane and Mankind. One of my favorite matches that we discussed here. Um, yeah. I remember we did watch it, but that's when he debuted this theme, eh? Yeah, that's when he debuted the, the electronic guitar rift. I love it. It is good. Undertaker back with Paul Bearer, as we were talking about earlier on in the show. Ever since the ever since uh, the day before at Judgment Day, back together. Awesome. Drinks thrown at him. Yeah. Obviously, you you like Paul Bear, right? I love Paul Bear. Paul's great. Yeah, such was, uh, such an emptiness. 
my girlfriend some of this stuff and like the story of Kane and Undertaker and stuff and um, she's like I think my favorite's Paul Bear. <laughs> I love Paul Bear. He's such a fun character. He adds so much to the story. He really does. Yeah. Undertaker's still sporting his um, eyebrow ring. Yep. Eyebrow ring. Very interesting choice in my opinion. Yeah. The first thing I think of when I think of the Lord of Darkness is an eyebrow ring. Is that really? Is that the first thing you no. think of? Okay. <laughs> Not one bit. I just, it's obviously a 90s choice. Yeah, it's a, definitely a 90s choice. It's a choice, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It that's, That was a, definitely a choice for him. So we got a cup in the ring. What else is there? Is that popcorn? What's... Could be. I mean, people if are just... that exact cup could come into your collection, would you put it... Would you display it? Oh, it's it, confetti. It, that, oh, confetti. That's right, because at the beginning of Raw, they were throwing a party for Vince uh, firing Austin. Right. So Undertaker just tried to pin Kane. How about that? Interesting, right? Usually people old, try and pin habits. Undertaker on casket matches. Old habits, eh? Old habits die hard. And of course they have not an ordinary casket, but one of those uh, double wide, double deep caskets they've been using for casket matches uh, in the past here. So not an ordinary casket like they had like the like the early '90s and Goldust era. You have like the the ones they debuted with Yokozuna, and they had Shawn Michaels. You have a bigger casket here. I want to point out there's that running DDT that 2000. Kane and Undertaker did a lot, but back in 98, I don't think I've seen them do that. You don't see that very often. You don't, and both men are in the casket here. They're, it's a red-lined so, casket. This is a different, this is not the same casket as the Shawn Michaels one. This is considerably smaller. Yeah, and also Shawn Michaels. In a minute, but I heard that dub, that Shawn Michaels casket was a reused Yokozuna casket with yeah. a different liner or something. Yeah, I think that is right, because that was purple, just like the Yokozuna one, but this one's red. Yeah, this one's red, yeah, just like the first Yokozuna. Smaller too. Yeah. Cheating Undertaker. Well, hey now, come on. Well, he did. Well, there's an, it's a no disqualification match, so there's no cheating. I like how Undertaker has to get them to close the lid. Okay. Yeah, no, like, close the lid, please. Good old Jimmy Corderas. Man, Jimmy Corderas has been... He's been a referee here for a long time. He refed with Andre the Giant. He's a legend. And one of the only things I remember from this very short match is both men <laughs> destroy the hell out of this Undertaker casket. just blatantly throwing himself against the side of the casket. Yeah, it's like, come on, Kane, do your damn job. Destroy this casket. <laughs> this is th this is definitely a choice of a match. I like <laughs> the idea of the finish, but like, it's clearly a little too put, put too well together almost. Yeah, they should have made this casket a little less durable. Oh, Kane's out. Close lid. No, no, Undertaker's out now, too. Oh, I was going to say Kane almost caught him, and that's... This is definitely Kane's a... looking a little bigger here, too. 
This is definitely a Russo finish if I ever saw one. Yeah. Not that Kane's a small guy, but... Run for your life, Paul. <laughs> Never saw Paul Bearer run faster. I always wondered if these, uh... They had these... If these chairs were gimmicked or, like, just thinner or what. Because they're so shiny. Yeah. And they do dead very easily at this time period. The ramp is also very shiny. If you saw that that uh, camera cut right there, it's like it's like so illuminated from the bottom. Well, there's lights in the bottom too. Yeah, you don't really see them lit up that much. Oh, that's like from the spotlight. Yeah. Well, that's is it basically. It is a no contest casket match because the casket has been destroyed. And that's a lot shorter. A lot shorter, so from there, we move on to Survivor Series 1998, which is what they were, which is what they were going for, uh, you know, hyping up in this Raw, uh, this be the next pay-per-view here for the WWF, happening on uh, November 15th, 1998, so middle of the month, middle of the month Survivor Series, um, and like we see on the graphic, um, as I have it paused here, Undertaker and Kane both have a bye in the first round so that it makes them fight each other again uh, here at the pay-per-view. So I am, I am waiting for you. Are you, all, are you all queued up here? Yeah, I have it. My loaded is on the graphic of Undertaker and Paul Bear and Kane. Okay, let me see about... Getting there. And they also, the graphic has Kane's double sleeve attire. When was Kane and Mankind's Hell in a Cell match? September? Oh, I would think so. I mean. That, Kane... I was just pointing out that that was the last time Kane wore this double sleeve attire. Was in that Hell in a Cell match. That's weird. So they would use such an old render. Well, to be fair, it's only maybe a month old or a couple months old. Yeah, but still, they know he's yeah, not going to wear the... for that, honestly. Yeah, and they know he's not going to wear the double sleeve. So, okay. Um, well, I had, a, I had a commercial, as Peacock is very known for. Uh, so I am queued up right where they show the main arena of the all you can see the full arena jam-packed full of fans right before um i believe it's undertaker's entering first here see if you're right, I'm just coming up because we got the uh the it's showing the buys and stuff yeah that's where i had it King and jr just talking about the bracket So you should have the the arena shot. That's where I am at. Fifty three forty on Peacock. Yeah, here comes Undertaker. You got the arena shot. Perfect. 20, Twenty nine seconds, and his music just started. Perfect. So we will hit play now. And I am at fifty three minutes and forty seconds on Peacock, which started this off. I love I loved this stage and this whole arena setup for this 
pay-per-view. The big skulls? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool, actually. The big skulls, the, the lit torches for his entrance ramp. And Undertaker sporting oh, the, the, cloak? Yeah. the cloak without the headpiece. Still without. Yeah. I meant I forgot to mention on the Raw that we just saw, uh, during Undertaker's promo, he had the full full cloak with the headpiece. Uh, but he had but he had the headpiece folded down when he gave his promo. He did not have the headpiece like folded up. Headpiece yeah. Oh, it was like folded down his back or what? Yeah, it was folded it was folded down so you would not see the full headpiece. So it was like it was uh folded down behind his head. Oh, so it was just like up like a collar almost? Yeah. It was like a collared. That's how he had it up. It wasn't up very high then? No. Oh interesting. It was. Is it like that? Today, or would you be able to tell? No, he he does not have the attachment today. Oh, that's weird that it could have often like that. Yeah, I wonder if it's something they could just attach, like using those uh, rivets there in the back. Oh, it must be. It's a snap or something. Yeah, it must snaps. be something like that. Oh yeah, you can see their snaps. That's just like how Kane's attire goes on. Their snaps, their clasps, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like a kid's jacket, they snap together, no zippers. Because that's how Kane's attire is, is he puts it on, he puts it on and pulls it up. Mm -hmm. And then he snaps it over his left shoulder. It goes, it's open from his neck down to his left shoulder where his arm is exposed. Yeah. And then the bottom is like a singlet, so he steps into it, pulls it up like a onesie or a pair of pants or whatever. Not pants, but... It's like a... Like a snow... Sh like a snow suit. Yeah, but there's no long legs. He puts those on separately. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a, a groin piece like trunks. But then it's all one piece that comes up and then he puts his arms in and then snaps it together around his neck. That's how he gets into the suit. Through the head piece, basically. Very oh, cool. Like purchase for Kane, too. And a very interesting choice of entrances here. Undertaker enters first. Undertaker very seldom enters first, especially against Kane. Usually Kane enters first. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, very surprised on this. Still got the third match. Oh, he is his, uh, Kane, sounds like Kane has just been out of the institution. So this is after that, uh, when the white coats came and got him. Did that happen? Yeah, I think Jim Ross just talked about the, he just got out of the institutionalized. Well, he was, he, well, what he was saying, he was saying Paul Bear left him and it's the first time he's been alone and he's been institutionalized. I think that's what it was. Because the white coats didn't come till the new year. Oh, really? Because it was when Kane was in the corporation. Oh, okay. That's when the white coats, I think Jim Ross was just saying he has a history of it. Okay. Undertaker's got the oh, we're talking over it. If you heard something different, comment. Feel <laughs> Definitely. Undertaker's got the the larger TX style on his pants here. Oh, the yeah, the Taker cross. Yeah, he had smaller Taker crosses before on the Monday Night Raw. So interesting bump on that boot. He just kind of staggered it. It didn't look like he had room to come off, and that's why he took so long. He still got his eyes. He still got his eyebrow pierced, though. 
Oh, he's had that. He'll have that for a while because he had it in the ministry too, I believe. Yes, he does. Look at Kane's triceps. They're just freaking massive. Like Kane's arms in general, but his triceps are just absurd. I know. Well, you're one to talk. You're huge as it is. <laughs> I mean, Kane, but Kane, like, uh, Kane is just goals, man. Seriously, like, oh, he's going over the. Oh, I thought he was going over the barricade. No, no. Not yet. I don't even know if he does it this match, but no. Oh man. Probably earlier ninety eight. I would say uh, I does WrestleMania has the WrestleMania doesn't have this, right? They have the uh, I think fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen I think has the uh, fourteen has regular. Yeah, fourteen regular. has so I think uh, I know Unforgiven has the railings with the Inferno match, so I think maybe Summertime? Maybe summertime. Maybe fully loaded. This is sort of getting to the start of the new era of the WWF. I, I think where it's more prof not that it's not professional, but you know what I mean. More of a polished look to it. This is when you really notice like the crowd isn't as close. Especially when you look at like Austin's entrances in like '98, everybody's hanging over with their signs and they're basically touching the Titantron, eh? Yeah. The ring. Yeah. Whereas in this, like they can't. I want to point out, Kane has a single studded glove, which is really rare for 1998. Kane also has a fan in the front row dressed as him. Oh really? I saw a Goldust yeah. fan actually. Goldust, Mankind, and Kane sitting all together. Nice. It's quite the trio. Goldust very underrated. Yes. Yeah, Kane has a single stubby glove, which I didn't know. I was unaware that he wore in 1998. I'm kind of hoping for a close-up. Interesting. Yeah, usually it's got the two rows. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Even with this tag, with X Walkie still having the double stunning glove at times. Okay, oh, really telegraphing that kickoff there. Yeah, I always remember it like a double studded one. That's weird to see it's just a single line. He uh he stopped in like ninety nine when he got that fleshed out mesh attire, whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. This is oh, these are just regular studs though. See, like, all right, he had, like, these type of rivets with his single study glove that he wore for a long time, the first time that I was aware of. These are actual, like, still the round studs. The rivets that he had were, like, a circle with, like, an actual rivet in the middle. Mm -hmm. So they, they weren't, like, a smooth round thing like he has on this attire. But that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It just looks like a, it's missing a row. And then 2001, 
continue with the single studs, but they're more pointy and square in his singlet attires. Funny enough, I, if I sent you, I'll send it to you again, but there's that ring-worn attire that that guy is trying to sell. His single studded glove that I'm thinking of is actually part of that attire. Oh, cool. I think I remember you sharing that with me, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it again. You can see... You can see what I mean by the rivets that are like actual hammered rivets. So instead of like a smooth round rivet, they're like that, what I sent you. Oh, okay, cool. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Kane is really taking it to the Undertaker here, back and forth between oh, the posts. Baby. Off the top rope. Oh, launching himself off the top rope with that clothesline? That was the wrong side. That was the left side. That was very interesting. Yeah. I'm kind of curious when the first time Kane did that clothesline was. I'm willing to bet it was around WrestleMania because he did it in the Mania match against Undertaker when the Undertaker was hung up on the ropes. Yeah, he did. And that was one of the first times he would have done it because that was one of his first official matches still. So we have to see if he did it at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble? He definitely did not against Mankind at Survivor Series. The Rumble, he didn't have a match. Oh, that's right, yeah. He came in to help Undertake before turning on him. It would have been with stuff with, oh no, Vader was before, it probably was. Oh yeah, maybe that. Vader in No Way Out. Um, Paul Bear just... <laughs> Paul Bear just... <laughs> and Undertaker pinning Kane a very weird way after a tombstone. Not the normal Undertaker pin, but... They grass that so that Paul could hold the foot, that's yeah. why. Yep, Paul Bear holds the foot for the, for Undertaker, and Undertaker grabs the other leg, hooks the other leg there, and Undertaker advances. Does Undertaker have a mustache here? It looks like it fits there. It's a lot smaller than. It. Yeah, he he still has the mustache. I think maybe just lightening it up because he's eventually going to be cutting off the mustache. Yeah, it's a little thinner. And as you see... So, what it, so Undertaker loses for The Rock, obviously. So un what's the count-out thing? Undertaker loses to The Rock by disqualification. Because Kane what comes... The, what's the count-out thing with uh, Stone Cold and the winner, Regal, and X-Pac? Oh, William Regal and X-Pac both got counted out, so Austin advanced. Oh, I see. And then uh, Kane is going to interfere on behalf of The Rock by chokeslamming The Rock, which gives Rock the victory. And then and uh, further along, Kane just just continuously getting himself involved with The Undertaker here, trying to trying to uh, screw Undertaker out of even though Undertaker advances, trying to screw Undertaker out of a possible uh, world another world heavyweight championship match. So. What's what's the next Kane and Undertaker thing? Is that the Buried Alive? 
The next one would be Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, which um, happens at rock bottom, and we are, will be discussing that because Kane plays such another pivotal role in um, The Undertaker's career here, uh, basically helping the um, basically helping Stone Cold Steve Austin bury The Undertaker, uh, which then yeah, transforms The Undertaker into the satanic leader of the Ministry of Darkness as we all know and love. So can't wait to um, get into that one. It seems like every time Undertaker gets buried alive, Kane is always at the forefront there in these matches. Uh, except for the Mankind one, to be fair. The he man- wasn't even around yet, but... Well, yeah. But uh, Undertaker technically won that match, but they just took their liberties to bury him alive afterwards. But um, with him losing to Austin, him losing to Vince, and him eventually losing to Kane himself, Kane is always at the forefront with Undertaker uh, getting buried alive and his transformations into uh, new uh, characters, new versions of his character, and just um, and as we see in the last Kane buried alive, a total transformation in his career, as he will be uh, moving on to more of a part-time schedule. So. Kane is very instrumental in helping The Undertaker uh, advance into different stages of his career here. We can probably do that one too. Oh yeah, we'll definitely do the last Kane match eventually. No, I mean the Buried Alive one right now if you want. The Rock Bottom. Oh, should we go right to, should we do a, a triple threat here in the watch along? Here we are. Okay, I mean if you're up for it. Yeah. Okay, so as I as I thought, it was just gonna be a double feature here, Creatures of the Night. We are making a live decision to <laughs> we are making a live decision to go right into Rock Bottom and go for the Buried Alive match between Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now it's gonna take me a while to find it here on Peacock because I have no idea how they label this stuff here. Oh, I have it on daily motion, but it is um I don't know how good the quality is to be honest. Okay. I have I am loading it up here on Peacock. And let us skip right to the main event. Because I know this is the main event. So, uh, when's the last time have you have you seen this? As we wait for it to, to to load on my end, have you have you seen this recently? Have you never seen the Buried Alive match between Undertaker and Austin? Have you seen it uh, within the last couple years or so? What do you remember uh, from this? Not recently, but I know I watched it as a teenager. Okay. When LimeWire and Kazaa were a thing, I remember I downloaded this match, and I remember I enjoyed it fair enough. Like I thought it was a decent enough, whatever. I, yeah. I haven't seen it since then, but yeah, um, it was at least a couple years for me too. I I know that I'm always a fan of gimmick matches, and Buried Alive is no no uh, different than any other uh, fun gimmick match. Um, Undertaker and Austin always, uh, you know, that's very nostalgic for me. Undertaker and Stone Cold, so always fun to see them fight each other. And uh, just the addition of Kane, I think it's going to make for a good match for Ed to watch along here. So where does yours start up? 
Um, it's got the graphic of Undertaker and Stone Cold. I'm not sure. It's got Michael the... Cole's talking about. Oh, we're getting we're getting the promo too. Oh, you get great. the okay, great. You get the promo. All right, I just paused it at Judgment Day. Like it says Judgment Day in like all white, just about. Okay. I am getting there. This is a nice long promo here for this match. Basically a whole year, basically a whole year's worth of uh, build up. Are you just getting into the promo? I am here at the graphic. Cool. So two two hours nine minutes forty seconds is what I am at Peacock, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Buried Alive graphic. You are on Daily Motion, and let us get started here. Two hours nine minutes forty seconds. All right. This is definitely a, a live call here on the podcast. A double feature becomes a triple threat. Are you playing it? Yes. Oh, under, I think I might be a little behind. Undertaker just taking with the chair. That's exactly where I'm at. Okay. Judgment, yeah. Austin stunnering Undertaker. Yeah, Austin will pin. Yeah. This is this is what just started off our podcast here today. Uh, this is what uh, Austin gets fired at Judgment Day, and then it the next night is Undertaker forming the Ministry, and the casket match with Kane and leads all it leads right up to here because this is Undertaker's final match of 1998. They love these shovels at this time. Oh yeah. Like if someone gets a shovel broken over them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, if if Austin needed if Austin wanted to be in the rumble, he would have had to defeat the Undertaker in Buried Alive. I like that. The uh the stuff at the Oh yeah, the embalming? No no the stuff. I'm not there yet. He just hit him with oh now it's just starting. I think you're a little bit ahead. But uh I like the uh the stuff at the live arena where Austin like was knocked out or whatever. Oh, yeah. I have Austin in the ring now with the shovel. Yeah, that, now he just broke that one yeah. on the Undertaker. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, just broke it I over the Undertaker. Promo, actually, and then they stick him down the sewer hole. Yep. Very random. Very random. Just shove him down the hole there. See, under, see, Kane and Austin working together just to make Undertaker's life a living hell here. I love that. I love this when they did the fence. <laughs> great promo. I know it's a great promo package. Undertaker had no gloves on there, getting the chair shot. Yeah. Fun fact: it just showed a little glimpse of it. But my favorite vest of Austin is the one with the snake on it. I like that. That one. is a good one. That is a nice vest. He didn't wear it a lot either. Oh, and here's what 
Here's they're showing what be what made me a fan of the Undertaker. The first image I ever saw of him, of him putting Austin on the symbol and that infamous pose in front of him. That was the Monday Night Raw before Rock Bottom. I can't believe can't believe this. It comes full circle here. It comes full circle. I wonder what role he's gonna have on tonight. But I, of course, as I could not convince my parents to order the pay per view that quick. <laughs> Still get the guitar riff, one of my favorite themes. And Undertaker, and Undertaker coming out first again before Stone Cold. Well, before Stone Cold, to be fair. The heel always got the headpiece tonight. That's weird. Austin is not the champion. Rock is still champion from what we have known from the Survivor Series. Yep, he's got the headpiece. And this would be, I think, the second Buried Alive match in WWE history. The second? Yeah, I don't think there was one in between Mankind and Austin. Or you mean Mankind and Taker? Yeah, between Mankind and Austin. Yeah, between Mankind and Taker and Austin now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I can't think of one. That was only two years ago, to be fair. Yeah. At this point. It's only two years at this point. Would you display that tombstone if you had, if you had it? <laughs> if I had it, you know, I, my God, I don't even know how I would display that tombstone. <laughs> A nice yard piece, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> that thing ever gets delivered, I ain't carrying that sucker. That thing must be weighed at least... 50 pounds or more. Is is this Undertaker's most iconic robe? I would think so. Just because he's done so much in it? Yeah, this I would... Is a pretty pivotal error for the Undertaker? Yeah, I mean, just that entrance alone at WrestleMania, entering through the torches. Yeah. And, you know, that's iconic imagery that they always use. I guess the next one would just be his plain one from WrestleMania 20, because he wore that one forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider, like, the trench coat is not really a robe. So, it's like, I, I would say maybe his next most iconic one would probably be, I, I would say maybe even the Ministry one with the hood. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, maybe the Ministry one with the hood, or maybe even going to, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, that, those two are more iconic, and then maybe the one with, against Triple H with that the spikes. Yeah. So anything like that. Well, he wore a different one every year of Mania after. Yeah, he did. So it doesn't, you know, he doesn't get a chance to wear it a lot. Maybe his next, maybe even the one at uh, he wore in '97, just the uh, the clamps across the chest. Then like the one he wore at uh, Elimination, uh, like the one he was. Um, Wore at WrestleMania, um, like the build up to 
26, the, the one at the night of, at the night after he got burned, like that high collared one with the, the... He wore that one in the early 90s, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like 97. And then he rewore it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I can't think of the one you're, you're saying, but that's cool that he rewore it. Yeah, um... With his best. Look at uh, SummerSlam 97, I think he wore it at, went against Bret Hart. I think that's the one. And then he rewarded in the 2000s. Yeah, he wore it in the uh, build-up to the Shawn Michaels match. Oh. Uh, was, under, was Austin choking Undertaker with his vest? Yeah, choking Undertaker. Now he's choking him with a cord. I'm not there yet. <laughs> he's just hitting him with the guardrail now. Or Undertaker just knocked the guardrail on him. Oh, no, there's the cord after the vest, I guess yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, there's the guardrail. Undertaker's choking him with the guardrail. Yeah, that's what I meant now. Austin was Austin. choking him with his vest. Bumped, Bumped on the cement? Jeez. I know. What is it with Buried Alive matches? They never start off in the ring. It's always near the dirt. People would want to get so this. They I, want to get this match there, over. Four buried alive matches in the history that I can think of. Oh, hang on. There's Mankind Taker, Austin Taker. There's that tag team one on SmackDown. Incredible. Um, well, that was the five. Vince Taker. Vince Kane Taker and Kane Taker. Yep, five. I forgot about the tag one. And Undertaker has a record of two and three, I believe. They won the tag one, right? Yeah. He won the Mankind one. He won the Mankind yeah, one and he won the tag one. Did they bury Man? Yeah, they buried Mankind in the tag. Yeah, bury Mankind. Mankind, um... Yeah, they don't bury Rock. No, of course not. Now we're going back into the ring. Yeah, obviously you just hit the Luthes on and the elbow. Am I ahead of you? Yeah, just by a couple seconds, but that's okay. <laughs> I just paused it for like three seconds. There's a fan dressed as mankind again in the audience. Maybe it's the same one. Maybe it is. <laughs> We're in Austin chance when Austin is on top. That's why. That's wild. Different pants for the Undertaker here. He's got the little X studded X's. I think they are. Undertaker always changing uh, attire types, just like just like his brother Kane. Kane had the same attire on at Survivor Series, anyways, that he did at Raw. Except minus that it's, glove, it's minus that one studded glove. You can't forget that. <laughs> Oh, 
interesting Undertaker on the table there. Oh, wow. Oof. Just beating up Austin through the table. And he's just like coughing on the table, but it's just like weird. Yeah, it's just like doesn't even bother trying to put him through it. He just with his obligatory backdrop on the floor. Yep, yep, can't can't get that. He had that glimpse of an under of a uh, Austin blow up buddy doll right there. So where? Uh, there was like a, a blow up Austin like punch bag that just that hit the table like a few seconds ago. Oh, I missed them. He just put Austin in the stairs, so. Yep. So I have. Boy, is there anyone who's had their career at stake more than Stone Cold? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's been... How many times was he fired in 98? <laughs> That's what I mean, 98, 99. I know. The, the ownership thing, the ladder match. Yeah, yeah. He's got his... Ric Flair would be the next closest one with his career-threatening matches every week until he lost to Sean. Yeah, Austin gets run over by a car in a year. But, you know, I just mean storyline, like getting fired or having his career on the line. Oh, yeah, I mean... If he doesn't, if he doesn't win this match, he does not enter the Royal Rumble. You know how important that is. Well, I thought they said his career was all on the line too. <sighs> wow, they, I didn't know that. Wow, they're just adding stuff to it. Well, that's what Michael Cole said. His career is on the line. I don't know if that's true, correct, or if I misheard. But Maybe. Help! Here we go. Going back towards the dirt here. Oh. It's some kind of can, I think. Is it, is okay. it, a, is it a gas no, can? I don't know what it is. I thought it was like a briefcase, but my quality is not the best, so I just thought maybe I couldn't see it. No, I think it's some kind of gas can? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's some kind of gas can. No, is that a. <laughs> you're thinking it's a briefcase, like it's some kind of payoff? <laughs> well, I wasn't. Oh. That's funny. I would hate wrestling on the dirt because you're just getting all dirty, probably going your boots. Yeah, it's like, ugh. Pebble in your shoe times 100. It's like sand. Yeah. Oh. And Austin, it's getting on your skin and everything. Ugh. Oh, they're both gonna try and go head first here. I'm gonna take it first. Undertaker's gonna put in, yeah, and he has a wreath. No, Rem both reminiscent of that uh, rest in peace match from Giant Gonzalez. That was a rest in peace match? Yeah, SummerSlam 93, Undertaker fights Giant oh, Gonzalez. I was confused about the WrestleMania one. Right, fight Giant Gonzalez, a rest in peace match. It's basically a no DQ match, but you get an addition of a, a reef that you have to place by the opponent when you win. So. 
Wow, I'm surprised they didn't you reuse that. I am shocked they did not have more rest in peace matches. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Though. It it was t it it's giant Gonzalez. Of course, it's terrible. <laughs> yes, that too. But I just mean like that concept sounds so lame. It is lame. Like oh, put a wreath on. Okay. It's a rest. It's a it's a rest in peace you, match, pal. You should take the headstone over on him and kill him. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> I wonder if it's real. Oh yeah, it is real. They they actually yeah, I think I think they talked about it on one of those um those shows where they talk with the uh, the WWE um right. the warehouse. Yeah, that so thing's that thing like. Must be like two thousand pounds. At least that thing's like real stone and everything. It's nice. Oh yeah, well the mankind one looks the exact same too. It looked nice. Yeah. Ugh, all that dirt. This is a fun match. I do like that this one added the tractor trailer just because they realized the first one was so slow buried. Oh my god. <laughs> I think ever since then they always use the uh, the tractor yeah, thing. They're like, I'm not spending. They're not spending thirty minutes trying to bury somebody. No way, pal. Except for the SmackDown one. Yeah, that one. That Big Show was shoveling too slow, so Triple H hits Big Show and he just shovels faster. <laughs> Is that the story behind that? The story was that uh, Triple H was, I think, feuding with Rock. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. And so Triple H saved. Triple H helped Undertaker and Big Show by um, burying Mankind alive. Because and also Big Show is like shoveling so super slow. So Triple H took over. It's like we have we have a time limit here. They're hitting Undertaker with a, a stone cold bone crunching buddy. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Oh my god. The, the big buddy? Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fans were? Or what? Yeah, the fans were. Earl Hebner had to push it away. I did not see that. That's hilarious. I love Attitude Era merchandise. <laughs> Everything and anything under the sun. Everything and anything. Hey, I just thought of something. Did you ever get those lanyards? I got I got an Undertaker lanyard from WWE Shop that they released this year. But I thought we got that um, set of them. It was like Undertaker, Austin, Kane. We did, didn't we? Didn't we? I thought we did. I can't remember. I, I can't. I just was thinking of it. I'm like, 
Where's mine then? Where did it? Where did I put it? I don't remember. Maybe we didn't. Did we? Were we about to get it and it sold? I'll look into it. Was that on Mercari? I think it was on eBay. I can't remember. I no, I swear we got them. But did we get them? Get them? We must. Why? Well, ooh. Oof. I don't know. I'll look into that. Oh, here's Undertaker throwing. Oh, right into the back of the post. Crowd really don't know what to make. They, they really don't know what to make of this. The Undertaker is in complete control. Until now. Until now. Thanks a lot, Michael Cole. Undertaker was always so protective of his choke slams against Austin with his neck. Yeah, it looked like that's sort of a little bit how Austin took it too, but funny enough, Austin never took a tombstone either. Which I would have trusted Undertaker to tombstone either. Yeah, he took he took a tombstone early on, like in '97 when Undertaker was champion. Yeah, that was before he broke. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he ever took a tombstone after it. No, he didn't. I, I went looking pretty hard for it, but I never found one. Yeah. Unless he did, I never saw it. I don't think he did, though. Maybe Undertaker didn't want to give him one. Well, I think that was an Austin thing, because Austin never took one from Kane, either. That's what made me initially start looking, was, did Kane ever tombstone Austin? Oh, interesting. Nope. And nobody ever tombstone him, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Well. Got that gas can again. Oh, Austin's in the pit. And some cup just came there. <laughs> Why would you throw your souvenir cup away like that? <laughs> I mean, in 10 years, you'll be a buyer on eBay, like me. Like me? <laughs> if Undertaker's on it. Yeah, that's, that's true. I can't imagine him not being on it. They put his face on everything back then. Hey, there's a sign that says, I love Lana. It's like 20 years before her. Pretty sure that dirt is dry. 
like hold it down for me. Oh. Oh no. That damn can. It's coming back to haunt the Undertaker. Oh. Oh. Again. Oh. Overhand too. A wheelbarrow full of dirt. Just the pop from a stunner, eh? Yeah, right? And Austin's got a wheelbarrow full of dirt. That's smart. Oh, here he goes. He's heading back. Chasing Paul Bear in the back with a can. Why? Oh. He's gonna go get that tractor thing. I'm gonna take us up. Thinking, where the hell is he? That grade is not six feet deep. <laughs> it's like up to the Undertaker's hip. Undertaker is playing. He hiding? Yeah, he's playing possum. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's hiding. He's hiding in wait, lying in wait for Austin. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Oh my God! Undertaker's like, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, I thought Kane came out of the tractor trailer. Oh, no, that was 2004. That's Vince. Yeah. No, it's Kane! Yeah, it's so obvious, too, because it's like... <laughs> Undertaker, like, ducks down so that he, when he opens the door to trigger the explosion... Yeah, he doesn't get hit by it? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, and I don't blame him, but it's just so funny to see they so, like, out of the way trying to open that door. A Kane. Again, again, Kane ruining Undertaker's Buried Alive matches. The first of three times he's going to ruin it. Or maybe Undertaker shouldn't have lit him on fire as he came on purpose. Well, <laughs> let's, let's not bring up the past. <laughs> Kane with the double study glove again. Undertaker with the low blow. <laughs> I remember this. Undertaker turns around. He turns around. He just drops Kane. Oh, wow. They're gonna do this reversal up here. Oh no. Uh, they're gonna do the flip reversal. Kane with the double studded glove again, like you said, yep. That, that took forever to get that back though. Yeah, they did not so think this out. Call that number. Let's call the number, see if they're still in business. As seen on WWF TV. It's a pretty small bucket, too. It is a pretty small bucket. Takes forever. I remember this. I I hate this ending. It's like, oh my god! It's like, 
It's taking forever for them to do this. Well, they gotta get an undertaker in the compartment. <laughs> but yeah, this is... <laughs> Who's doing this? Someone who doesn't drive a backhoe, clearly. Ah. Uh, uh, in the secret compartment yet? There we go. Oh no, he's not. No, he's not. You have to show him first. Get buried at least somewhat. Is that? Yeah, that is what they do, eh? Yeah. It's like some kind I mean, of. It has to be. That's how King got out, I guess. I wonder how loud that was for poor King. The that explosion right beside him. Yeah, I don't even know how loud that could have been. And Kane was waiting there for how long? I hope not the whole. I hope not the whole match. <laughs> has he been in? Oh, he's been in there for the whole match at least. But when did they put the dirt there? He probably has been there for most of the night. Oh man! Well, the the mound is there since the beginning of the pay per view. Well, how else would he get in there? Unless they have something underneath. But that's cement. There's no way. That'd be silly, you know what I mean? Like, arenas don't have stuff through the concrete floor, you know? That's so weird to think about. Just they sitting... probably have, like, a bit, a bit of a room and then a TV camera in there or something. That's it, just call the match. He said that, he's like, just call me the winner. You could tell that's what he told him, eh? Yeah, just call him. That's where I, uh... Like, it must be, like, a reasonable-sized room, but, yeah, Kate's probably just in there with a TV monitor, right? Yeah, Undertaker's, a f Undertaker's gone now, you can see. Whoever's running that backhoe is terrible, though. Yeah, he is terrible. I hope it's not a backhoe employee, or else I'd fire him. So, what did you think about watching this one back? It was alright. Yeah. Mean, definitely not a five-star classic or anything. No, but... no, not not a five-star classic, but definitely fun for an Attitude Era gimmick match. I think I remember liking the Vince one more, to be honest. I like the Vince one, yeah. I'm going to take a B in the shit out of McMahon. Boy, did he bleed. But that closes the book on Undertaker and Kane in 1998. That closes the book on Undertaker in 1998 as well. As we won't see The Undertaker on WWF television until about less than a month later where he debuts a brand new look and a brand new Ministry of Darkness. Why does he come back? He just comes back and that's that? No nothing? No, he just, like, uh, it, I think the story goes, like, in the meantime, he's been recruiting people for the ministry when he has been off television. Um, you know, when he comes back, he sacrifices Midian to the ministry. And uh, then he sets his sights on gaining control of the WWF and going after Vince McMahon and his corporation. Why does he want control of the WWF? He just wants control. 
<laughs> That's, literally not to become champion, yeah. not to whatever. No, nope, he just wants, wants control. control of the company. That's that. That's that. And Undertaker and Kane, I think, do not cross paths until August. The tag team stuff, I assume. The tag team stuff in August 1999. That's the whole story between Kane becoming more human with uh, the tag team of X-Pac and Undertaker trying to recruit Kane back to be rejoin the Brothers of Destruction and Undertaker then forming a unholy alliance with the Big Show to take on Kane and X-Pac at SummerSlam. So that's uh, our next stop. Are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, like I haven't... I've seen some of the matches since, but that was like really my introduction into wrestling was those. Mm -hmm. This, that era was like the first time. Cool, so I get... So you get to, uh, when we uh, hit the next showing of SummerSlam 99, you get to Tell us all about uh, your first experiences with that and, um, you know, recount all your first Kane moments while watching this stuff back, too. Yeah, it'll be a little different because I remember some promos on Raw and stuff. That yeah. was like some of my earliest Kane memories, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am, too. And we could definitely take a look at those promos, too, if you, if you want to add it to the watch-along uh, as the build up to the match, we can definitely do that. See about uh, if anything springs to your mind. Yeah, if we can find them. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. I'm really sure they're out there. But um, can't wait for that. Thank you again for joining me here. As always, Canaanite, it's always a pleasure to uh, go on this uh, journey through Undertaker and Kane's story with you. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun watching back on all this stuff and watching the feud as a whole yeah I'm looking forward to uh, as the feud dies down and the Brothers of Destruction starts teaming up that's going to be fun too yeah I'm really looking forward to that there's a lot of matches for that too yeah. I assume with their tag run and Raw and Smackdown and stuff oh yeah there's a lot of fun Raw and Smackdown matches to come with that uh, a lot of fun um, tag team title defenses on lesser-known pay-per-views and stuff like that, so I'm looking forward to going through that. Yes, sir. Awesome. So, as always, to my Canadian brother of destruction, Canaanite10, follow him on Instagram. Um, he has such a great account. Um, so awesome for you to join me here each and every time that we uh, take this journey together. And as always, Creatures of the Night, be sure to join me. Same Taker time, same Taker channel. As always, we keep on rolling, baby. Thank you so much. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores where you can find wherever this podcast is available and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.